Hello and welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reiniger. I am so glad that you are here. If you are here for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad that you have found me. Um, And if you have been here before with me, welcome back to our community. This is a place where I strive to help women and men that are experiencing struggles with infertility, loss of a child during pregnancy or infancy, and we also, I want to help you with the heavy grief that are associated with those. I create space here for stories to be shared and connections to happen. Your happiness is very important to me, and it is also important to me that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do me a couple things. I would love for you to first connect with me on social media, both on Instagram and Facebook. I am at Living After Grief and also at Women Connect and Support. We share different information and resources on both of those platforms, so connect on both. Again, Living After Grief, and the other one is Women Connect and Support, both Instagram and Facebook. And then next, I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions on the podcast. You can do one of two things, um, different things to get in contact with me. You can message me on Instagram or Facebook, We'll definitely see it there. Or you can go to my website at livingaftergrief.com and click on the link to schedule a time to talk. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear feedback and suggestions that you may have for the podcast. And I would love to allow you to share your story. And if you have had a loss, I would love to hear about your baby. Hey, I would like to share with you really quick before we get into the episode for today that as a grief coach, I work with clients that are experiencing struggles with infertility, early or late miscarriages, stillbirths, or infant loss. After such profound loss, a woman desires to feel whole again for her family, friends, and most of all, for herself. To experience grief in a healthy way, One has to learn how to navigate through it. It takes time to learn how to live in the new normal. A coach like myself can help you in ways loved ones may not be able to. I am here to walk alongside you to find the hope, laughter, and joy in your life again without the blame and the guilt. I have a better understanding of grief and the necessary mixture of human emotions that come with it and push through to engage in life again so you can so I can help you navigate through those triggers that are keeping you locked inside physically and emotionally life can and will be good again so if you would like to set up a time with me i would love to talk to you just click the link on my website at www.livingaftergrief.com to schedule a time to talk over the phone. And I look forward to hearing from you soon.
Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Labor Pains Podcast. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. So I always ask so that the listeners can really connect with you. My first question is, who is Lisa? Well, Tell me about you. Sure. I am a living life and just embracing every minute of my mid-40s. Which is, oh, okay. <laughs> but, no, I'm a, I'm a military wife. Uh, my husband served for 26 years, and he has spent more time, I think, when we do the math, living away from home than he's lived at home with different mm. other mobilizations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two awesome sons that are 14 and 19, um, so we're going through all that life is with teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I switched careers a few years ago and work full-time as a realtor. And I love what I do. I love marketing. I love people. And so it's been a really, um, it's just been a, like, I really would never like to go back to corporate America. This has been a good fit for me. And I I love what I do, flexibility, helping people, just learning a craft and being able to take that wherever I go, which is exciting. And I have been able to uh, spend some time, and I'm very much involved in our community. I love our community. I give back a lot. Um, I'm involved right now just teaching a business class, kind of a business experience class with a CEO program. So I spend mornings um, during school days from 7 to 820 with 12 awesome students. So that's always interesting, Um, just (laughs) always interesting. Um, but other than that, I have decided that when I have time, I really am in, like, I love to cook for my kids. It's kind of become a love language, having two boys. So if I have time available, I like to cook for them. And I, um, I love my people. I love my friends. I've been a sports mom for a long time. Some of that's shifting, but we'll see how it goes as they get older. But I'm, Mm -hmm. I love people. I love people. I love shopping. I love finding deals. Um, <laughs> who I am. <laughs> My kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. I love sports. Not the cooking so much. <laughs> love people. I love shopping. And for sure, deals. I think that's news. Um, women, so they can totally relate with that. And it's interesting that you switch careers and that it says a lot about you when you said about your husband, you know, and how often he is home. Um, and I, I could see totally, I pictured the switch of your careers for that flexibility for the boys. So yeah. I totally see that as a, as a great fit for you. And thanks to your husband for, for all those years. That's a long time. I, yeah. we, we, I'm sure all the audience really um, appreciates all that he's doing. And what you're doing to support him in that. You know, I think sometimes the spouses are kind of not always recognized for what they do to support the actual military. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. So I know from previously talking to you um, that you have a little girl that's in heaven. Um, So kind of tell us about your journey to become a mom. 
Um, she has two boys, but there was a loss there as well. So kind of tell us how how that journey to become a mom, Yeah. Um, what happened with that? Yep. So I uh, met my husband in my mid-20s, and we, um, well, I guess we fell in love fast. But <laughs> <laughs> babies happen sooner than we expected. Um, okay. But- we had our first son, and it was kind of um, something that happened, um, if, if I could say. It wasn't we were trying, not trying, or, you know what, God said he was going to give us a little boy. And so um, in my pregnancy with my son, um, what I didn't know at the time, just because I had never been pregnant and I was young and didn't know a lot of things, I actually had contractions literally during my entire pregnancy. Mm. and this constriction that was happening that I didn't realize that was that's what was happening. And so when I went into labor with him, I thought I had gas that day, and I just kept eating. And come to find out, I was definitely in labor. Um, mm. But my son, in, during that pregnancy, we ended up with a two-vessel cord as part of, like, contractions and a two-vessel cord. So most umbilical cords are three vessels. And three blood vessels. And so when that happened, they said, well, it is a complication, but it's not really much of a complication. It's the least thing that you could worry about in a pregnancy. And so my question was always, why? Why did this happen? And what should I be doing different? And how is this going to impact the baby? And they just, I literally had um, a gentleman who just told me, you know, have, have more chocolate shakes and burgers. And I'm like, what? Why I'm someone who wants to know the reasons. I want to see big picture, and yeah. they really tell me. And so when I went into labor, um, you know, I I went to the hospital, and it was not an emergency C-section, but I would say it was an urgent C-section. And so went in, um, and I, I was pretty tiny. I mean, we were two weeks early, um, but the baby was not measuring very big. I wasn't very big. Um, but we ended up getting to the hospital about 10 minutes till 6, and by 5 minutes till 7, this baby was born and delivered by C-section. Mm. Um, when we went in and they uh, monitored two contractions, they noticed that we were having issues, and so um, they broke my water, and my son had meconium, and so it was very much of a chaotic scene because okay. – I had eaten all day. (laughs) (laughs) And and then there was that. (laughs) And now we have a problem because they didn't know what would happen or if they would have to put me under. Like there were all these things, and now we're going into the surgery. And so I remember praying. Uh, My husband wasn't there. He was was gone at the time uh, dealing with some training stuff. My sister, who already had two children and who I was very close with at the time, I'm still close with her, but we were very close in our relationship, you know, she's like, oh, just take some pictures, go, I'll be there in a few hours. My mom was two hours away, and my sister, who at the time I had really struggled in a relationship with, suddenly it was just her and I at the hospital, and I'm going to have a baby, like, very soon. Mm. (laughs) The first was a little traumatic. Um, my one sister did get there, and so my other one was like, do you want to go into the emergency room? And uh, they had an intern there, and the intern um, started to watch me and said, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get sick. And they said, get him out of here. And then my sister, she's like, I just want to look. And she's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get sick. And so she was out of there. And so 
the whole first pregnancy was nothing you would ever write down for the plan or what you thought was going to happen, um, but we were really fortunate. We had a beautiful 4-pound, 11-ounce baby boy who clearly at 39 weeks, that's a tiny baby. Um, that's very tiny. But the reality was he was just very, I mean, he was like just the bones. He just wasn't getting the nutrients because the reality is I had a two-vessel cord, not a three-vessel cord, and he wasn't getting everything um, that that baby would normally get with um, the three-vessel cord. And so he literally gained weight before we left the hospital. You know, most will drop. He actually gained weight. Um, and he has been a healthy child, very laid-back baby, wonderful. So oh, Wow. Wow. That, so that's a blessing. I mean. Total blessing. Total blessing. Um, so my – we, we ended up getting married, and I ended up pregnant, and the pregnancy was a little different, um, and so I was pregnant with a little girl, and most of things were going pretty well. Um, in the pregnancy, we didn't really see any, like, red flags, though I was sicker than I really had ever been, mm. and um, I had missed an appointment because there was some issues with insurance. I worked for a small company. They had not paid insurance. They had... So, like, they were reinstating me, and so we just, you know, rescheduled. I think we pushed it out a week. Like, this was not a big deal. Um, and I was five and a half months pregnant, and I went in on a Tuesday, and they they did all the things that they normally do, and they said, um, then they went to check the heartbeat, and there wasn't a heartbeat. Mm. And, well, let me just just wait a minute, um, it's five and a half months, 23 and a half weeks, you know, um, she goes, give me, give me just a second. Let's go to this other machine. Sometimes we just can't locate it. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And so, um, there was no heartbeat. She found the heart like on, I guess we went to a sonogram is probably what we did. Like we listened and then we went to a machine and she said, there's the heart that's not beating. And I said, Mm. and so, it's so strange because you just sit there and you take this information Mm -hmm. and yet I didn't have any tears. Like I was just kind of in a state of shock. And I said, and I was at the appointment by myself and I said, okay, well, what happens now? You know, Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. had never processed through this at five and a half months pregnant. Like you, you know, lose babies at five and a half months. Well, yeah, and and, you know. and why would you process something like that? You would yeah. you would never process that or even think about that. You know, yeah. for for sure. And I was going to ask you, you know, because of the experience in the emergency room and all of that, and you know, everybody, <laughs> you know, was in and out. Did you have someone with you? But you said you were there alone, and I think that that happens. Well. You know? and then- you know, that was my second pregnancy. Ooh. I'd had the first, and it was a normal. It was a normal doctor's appointment. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. for a normal doctor's appointment, I had talked to someone in the parking lot. You know, on the phone. I still remember sitting there. I still remember going in, but it was just kind of routine, and there wasn't any expectation that there would be an issue because when I asked on the first pregnancy, why did this happen? There was. You know, it's just the least of the complications you could have. Literally, that's what they told me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't, there just was never a thought of that. So then it was like, well, what happens now? And they're like, well, 
you're going to, you know, you need to call family and then you're going to be admitted to the hospital and you'll go through full labor and delivery. So you'll just, we, you had a C-section with your first one, you'll just need to make a decision if you want to do this by C-section or if you actually want to do vaginal delivery. And so then it was just like, okay. And so, um, so I still just remember I was just, I didn't cry. I just didn't cry. And I think it was just like stunned. But it was like, okay, so now you just have to do the thing. So, you know, I had to call my husband who was working, and, you know, I was just very sorry. I haven't told this in a long time. I was just very mad, okay. you know. And he said, it's okay. It's okay. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to call my mom and dad. And so he said, you know, just give me a few minutes, and I'll be there. And I said, okay. So then he said, I said I'll call my mom and dad. So. I guess I call, I think I called my mom and dad. Maybe he called my mom and dad. Honestly, I don't remember that phone call. A big remember, blur, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just remember him being very kind because I thought he was going to be mad at me. Mm, which interesting. Is so interesting. Only because it was like, did I do something wrong here? You know? <laughs> mm, which I think is normal. Yeah. For a woman to think that. You know, what yeah. What did I do? You know, this baby was inside of me. I must have done something. But right. what was it? Yeah. You know. And so I was sitting there, and I remember that we had done the ultrasound to find out if we were having a girl or a boy. And so we mm-hmm. knew that we were having a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so I... um my my oldest is named after his dad. It's a family name. So his name is Rolando Colon III. And so um, when we found out we were having a girl, so that was probably at like 16 or 17 weeks. So it hadn't been very long. But mm-hmm. I watched three movies. Cannot tell you what the movies were. But I watched three movies. And in each of the movies, Grace or Gracie was the main character. Oh, and I told Ro, I said, this this daughter, we're going to name her Grace Paula because my my husband lost his mother um, when he was a teenager, when he was about 15. And I said, we're going to call her Grace, we're going to name her Grace Paula and we're going to call her Gracie. And so for the next few weeks, we, you know, referred to her as Gracie and that's what we did. And so I was sitting in the doctor's office and there was an Ann Gettys book. Was it mm-hmm. Ann? Remember they used to have the little like the little the little kids and I think it was Ann Gettys. That sounds right. Um but anyway, so it was a book of names and I was in there because I was waiting for my husband to get to the doctor's office, which was attached to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And go over together to go to the maternity area to get checked in and go through that process. And so um, I looked said, I just, and I was, I was a Christian um, my entire life. I loved Jesus beyond all measure. And I knew God, but I was like, let me just look up grace to see what this says. Um, and it just said favor of God. And mm. it was one of those things that there was some stress in our life um, at that time. He had, um, he had, we had gotten married and there was just some early things that were just hard, you know, your early, early, early married life, having a child. And there were some things that we really needed some breakthrough for. And I just remember going, we are physically going to give 
birth to the favor of God in our lives. I don't know why this is happening, but we are physically giving birth to the favor of God. Mm. And so that was so like God's little nugget for me. Yeah. And through then what would be labor. So they basically do, they give you, um, they gave me something um, to enact labor for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, had contractions that began, I don't remember, probably 5 or 6 o'clock that night. Um, and I got something additional. And then we delivered her sometime between probably 8 and 8.30 the next morning. Okay. So that was a pretty long labor. Labor. And yeah. I wanted to labor because physically I didn't want to have the same process of healing because I knew it was going to be a tough process. Um, yeah. Oh. For sure. But I didn't want to do a C-section, so I'm like, no, this is going to be a process. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So. It's so that was a that was a pretty long labor. So was family there to help support you yeah. through that? Just husband. I know my husband was there. I want. I feel yeah. like my, uh, mom and dad may have stopped by that evening. Um, but they gave me medicine because they also didn't want me to have to feel the labor, if you will. Um, so honestly, I don't know what they gave me. Um, I felt like I was on a roller coaster that night. Oh boy! <laughs> they gave me something. <laughs> um, I was like, please don't ever give me that again. And I think I was not really um, kind of out of it almost. Uh-huh. Because, mm-hmm. um, whatever they gave me, I just remember feeling like it was just kind of a roller coaster. So I feel like my mom and dad were there and came by. I don't think my family, like my sisters, I was close with them. I don't remember them coming. And to be honest with you, I don't know if they came the next morning after we delivered her. Yeah. Um, I know my mom and dad did. I, You know, Ro and I took pictures and I, um, you know, they gave us, we got to spend time with Gracie the next morning. Good. I was going to ask you that. So good. I just wish they asked me, which now looking back, I'm like, why Why would they ask that one, and why did I respond the way I did? They asked me if if they, if they I wanted them to bathe her, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but their concern was they thought that probably the evening before we had lost her or the next morning, and I got into a grant program because at that time we were like, what happened? Like, we just didn't know. And um, to do a um, an autopsy on her because, you know, we didn't know what happened because everything else was normal and now we have no heartbeat. And right. so, um, but I didn't have them bathe her fully, but they still put a cute little hat on it. They were concerned a little bit about the condition of her skin. And so probably from a protective standpoint, it's my guess that I went just, you know, wipe her down a little bit and, you know, I'll go ahead and spend time with her. But looking back, I wish I would have probably approached that differently. But it was just, I don't know, it was just a different era, just different time and, you know. But we took pictures of her and we held her and we kissed her and we loved her. Um, yeah. So when you say you wish you would have done it different, if if you're okay with answering that question, just because, you know, uh, the listeners you know, might be able to relate 
and someone may listen to this that knows someone that's going through that, what what did you wish you would have done that you weren't that you didn't do? Not that you weren't able to do. Yeah, I just but I, you, you wish you would have based her, or was there something more? I wish more? I would have based her, and just because the thing is, you know, she has two brothers. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm so emotional. <laughs> um, Take your time. Take your time. She, um, she has two brothers mm-hmm. that they love her dearly, even though they never got to spend time with her. Uh-huh. Um, she is their sister. She's their sister. Um, she's very much their sister. And so they want to see pictures, like, you got to see her, you know, and so – it's just one of those things where I just wish that we had just taken a little bit more care there and just taken a little bit more time with her and thought about how we would maybe want to see those pictures years later. Okay. But it's so in the moment, you know. Yeah. Um, and she was 23 and a half weeks, so it's not like she was. Just little. Yeah, she was bitty. She was so teeny, but, you know, she still had – had the cutest little thighs. They were so full, you know, like you, <laughs> and the cutest little nose. Like you just remember those things. But yeah. I, I think it would be nice to have some of that um, because, like, we have her footprints. And again, just looking back because I didn't think of things that would be forward. Like you're just in the moment there. They smudged her footprints a little bit, and sometimes mm. I'm like. Why did they do that? Because I would like to have that precious little footprint that's perfect. Um, much a little. I probably should have been like, can you redo that? Like, just redo that for me. But everything yeah. happens so quickly. And so you're not really processing. It's just kind of all stunned, like, this is what we just did, and this is our daughter. And so it's very different because going to the hospital is usually, in my book, it's a beautiful time. Right. And it's not. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not. Yeah. Well, and and don't beat, beat yourself up over that for sure yeah. because you just don't know what you don't know. You don't know and you're relying really on what's around you and the guidance that you're, you're getting and, yeah. and all of those things. And there are definitely, you know, I think um, – Things are changing, yeah. you know, that nursing, the staff and, and all of that are more aware of what really the family needs yeah. and really how to support them. Although I've had talked to people that, you know, that the, the nursing staff has recommended things and they're, they're like, no, 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 I don't want that. Right. And then later, you know, to see them, you know, like you a little bit. Yeah. Wish they would have. And yeah. so I think there are times, though, that the nursing staff really knows how important it is, that how important it will be later, and they're more persistent. And that's not probably not the best word to use, right. but just a little more persistent because they know what you will really, what, what women will want, yeah. you know, what family will want down the road. You, you can't possibly know when you're in that moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they get, you know, they had a beautiful little handmade blanket and a little handmade hat, and um, so she was wrapped in that. And I, we still have those things. We have her mm-hmm. foot. Um, we there's different options when you have such, you know, a baby so tiny. But she's mm-hmm. actually, 
in between my um, my grandparents at a little a little country um, cemetery out where my family is from, and so she's buried right in between my grandparents. And you know, there's just um, there are things that we have flowers from there. There are things that we have that right. still. Even if that, you know, the pictures or whatever I think that I should have had, there's still some things that are just, you know, I have a special little hat. It's kind of like a, it's a specialty little box, but it has um, flowers. It has um, a little pillow that I had done for um, her funeral service. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted her to be recognized. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I also wanted to really honor her and that she was a baby. So like, um, my entire, my mom's side of the family, my dad really doesn't have a lot of family, but my mom's side of the family, um, cousins and aunts and uncles, like they all came and I didn't even, it's so weird. I, I, uh-huh. I was, was almost like shocked <laughs> that they came to the funeral home, which I don't know why I would be like that because I would totally do that for someone else. Um, but I remember telling my mom, tell people, do not wear black. Oh. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. can wear white colors. They can wear pink. But I don't want black. Because she's mm. a, and I just want that to be precious. And I don't want black. Yeah. So people did not. And I wore a pink sweater <laughs> and gray pants, I think. Um, but it was mm-hmm. just a very interesting time and journey to go through all of that um my milk came in so it was, like all the physical things that go with pregnancy still happened but you know we weren't caring for you know the baby at home we were caring for my son who was 16 months old and like knew when I came in that um something's different he was so bitty but it was like he knew something was different <laughs> so yeah Sweet, sweet baby. So, um, and, I'm, that, and I'm assuming you didn't bring him, have him come to the hospital. We to did. See her. Okay. We did not because he was That's there. Hard. Yeah. Uh, it was. Um, so that was in March. So he would have been. Um, let's think about that. He would have been. Well, actually, they were 16 months apart. For mm-hmm. months. So they would have actually been. 20 months apart on her due date. Okay. I feel like. So, no, we didn't. But he did um, He didn't come to the funeral. I mean, he was a part of all of that. Um, and one of the most precious things that we had that has been really good for our family is I have um, another family who's like family to us. We're not blood-related, but she was my babysitter, and then I babysat her children, and so they had, you know, they had spent time with our family. And one of my very good friends, one of the daughters, had put together one of those fleece blankets. Mm-hmm. It's just a simple fleece blanket where you tie, you know, one of the ties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was the baby blanket that she would have given to us, you know, like at a little baby shower or something. But it was for Gracie, and she, and so she gave it to me. And so that has been, like, that is called our Gracie Blanket. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. 
um, we use, it's not like this pure, procured thing that sits on the wall or sits in a special something. That's literally a blanket that we take everywhere. Um, we've had it in family pictures. We have just like that kind of Gracie gets to be a part of the family and honor her. Um, and so we use it. And so we talk to people about Gracie. <laughs> I love that. I love that you talk, you know, yeah. to people about it, that about her, that yeah. you share your story, that people know her and you want to honor her in every way that you can. Right. Um, for sure. And I know from previously talking to you, there, there are ways that other ways that you have honored her. Is that correct? Am I remembering correctly? Yes, you are. You are. She would be 18 this year. Um, she would be 18 in March. She would be a senior. Um, and so we definitely um, just at different times, especially probably the last, I would say probably the last 10 years especially, we, I mean, I feel like we've, we've always talked about Gracie. Um mm-hmm. Always, like Rose has always known he has a little sister, and Yadi, who's my younger son, has always known he has an older sister. Um, and we do talk about her on a regular basis, but yeah, we, you know, for her birthdays and things like that, we, I just share people because the biggest thing that we think about, especially now, even at 18, is what would our family dynamic be like? Mm during all this time because, yeah. it's, you know, I have two boys here, like I'm mom to two boys here, but we have a daughter in heaven and they have a sister. And so the whole household changes when you have a little girl or a teenage girl in the middle. Yes. Boy. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's just a whole different dynamic of how you do life. And so even sometimes when, you know, we'll just talk about her. Sometimes, like, you know, some of my friends, they have boys and girls. and But, you know, we have a, a dynamic relationship we have because of the boys. But I'm like, can you imagine Gracie in this mix? Because it would just change everything. But, like, one of our good friends, um, she's got two boys, two girls. But one of the girls graduated last year. Her youngest graduated last year. And I'm like, just the whole dynamic would be different, I feel like, because, Gracie and Autumn, like when we come to your house, it wouldn't be Roe and Autumn, it would be Gracie and Autumn um, in that bond. And you just know it would be there. I feel like I know it would be there. And so sometimes it's just kind of fun to, like we miss her because of those things, because we know life would be different. Um, We know she would be experiencing life different. We know her older brother would be so protective that it would Mm -hmm. be ridiculous, you know. Um, we know that Yadi and her would probably fight because um, I think second-born children, you know, they're a handful, and Yadi's the baby, and he's clearly the baby. And, like, there's just things you know friends. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the things we miss. Those are the things that, you know, getting – I think I told you part of the story where – like, on her 16th birthday, like, I just went shopping by myself and bought her um, necklace and a pair of earrings because I just wanted, like, we were celebrating her 16th birthday. And it was very simple. 
Um, it wasn't super expensive, but I it was like I needed that for celebrating her 16th birthday. Um, and now we get her a cake every year, which we always didn't do, which some people might think is, you know, like the older she gets, and you, yeah, we do. We get her a birthday cake or we buy flowers. Like we always honor her on her birthday in some way. Um, yeah. And, again, it's all happened more in the last 10 years, probably more than anything. But I think part of that is just because there was just a very, like, specific time um, where I feel like I recognized how different it would be. I, I was ironing, and probably she was seven or eight, would be seven or eight, Um and I just remember ironing going, oh, my gosh, this entire morning would be totally different because the, the boys were into the wrestlers and the trucks and, you know, all these things and power rangers. And I'm like, would we have planned for Disney? You know, my kids, we don't, we haven't done Disney, not because Disney is bad, but just because it's never been like, we're not like fawning over Disney movies that come off and or come on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that all girls and boys have to be like that, but in my mind, I'm like, it's just, it's mm-hmm. not there. But I just remember ironing and going, my whole world in every way would be different. Yeah. And um, I don't know if that was, I mean, I can't, I don't remember to look back and go, is that the time that we started talking about her more often? I don't think so, because I'm a pretty transparent person. I'm a pretty real person. And I think for me to grieve my daughter, we have always, she's just always been a part of the conversation. Um, and most people, if you know me for any period of time, you learn that we have a daughter named Gracie. <laughs> like, yeah. Just don't not talk about her. Yeah. And I think that's important, you know, really important for the listeners to know that it is so important to talk about those children. Um, may not be um, in, comfortable for everyone that's mm-hmm. listening, <laughs> but right. it's so important and it's so good for you yeah. to share about her. And I know when we previously talked, you, you had indicated that you think about Gracie every day, and I understand mm-hmm. now why, because yeah. you really think almost daily how your life would have been totally different. You know, the dynamics would be different for sure. Right. And I say that, and sometimes I, I catch myself um, just saying to people, I, I, I definitely think about her more frequently than most people would probably think that, you mm-hmm. know. Like, this was 18 years ago. It's a long time ago. But at the same time, it's not a place that you, it's not a place that I dwell in, but it's just one of those, it's just a good place. And you just, you think of her and you're so excited for a day that you will meet her. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And even the boys are. Um, we, um, I think I shared this potentially with you, but the boys have also like felt that for a long time. Um, years ago when my husband was traveling and he was out of country. And so that particular time he was going to, I think he was going to Afghanistan. And so the boys would have been, no, it's 2010 and 11. So seven and like four. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I remember Rolando, he had asked some very specific questions about what happens, like what he was going to train Afghan soldiers. And what if he asked me specifically, what if, you know, one of them decides to hurt dad? And I said, well, the thing is, God God knows all these things, and, and God is going to be with them and understand it could happen there, but it could happen here. Like, we don't ever know what days we have done, but God's always with us. So whatever would happen, God's going to be with us. And so we, that particular tour, we did something called Flat Daddy, and we um, would take pictures like at you know, if it was the first day of school or if it was, you know, a special football game or whatever it was, Thanksgiving, we tried to put dad in the picture. And it was like a 11 by 13 picture. So we just flat daddy, like like flat flat Sam or flat something. Um, And so we, we did that because it helped the boys feel closer. And then it felt for Roe, he... You know, we would send him pictures, and then he it helped him in processing what he was missing with the kids. Mm-hmm. And so I want to say it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas holiday, and I was in bed and getting up, and Little Rose said, "If we have a flat daddy, can't we just have a flat Gracie?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" Said, "No, we cannot do that." Oh. <laughs> but for him, he's like, I. He'll tell you to this day. He's like, I just always still long for my little sister. Um, mm-hmm. It's so precious. But you know, even you know. So I, I told him that. But they will, um, when they were younger, when they would like do, you know, like you're in in elementary school and draw us a picture of your family. Multiple times, both kids drew. Um, either a picture of Gracie or like if they did, um, both of them, I think, did. One of them did in this Calvert's class. That was the first time in third grade. He, You had to, you know, draw a picture of your family and your favorite things or whatever, and he had five of us on there. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember saying to Miss Calvert, I said, oh, my gosh, that's so precious. That's our daughter that we lost at 23 and a half weeks, but we talk about her all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, my other son, I remember him doing two different plates, I think, or at least one that he put like mom, dad, and then he had R, G, and Y for each of the presents. And so mm-hmm. it's really precious um, because yeah. they love her beyond measure. But um, This is part one of a two-part conversation with Lisa. As you can tell, it was a very heartfelt, emotional conversation. And she has, for the first time, shared her entire journey to become a mom, sharing her story about losing her daughter, Gracie. And so I did not want to edit out any part of our conversation. It was such a great conversation. She had so much to share, so much to share with you, the listeners. So next week will be the rest of our conversation. So if you can join us then, that would be awesome. So if you have not clicked 
to subscribe so that you don't miss that episode. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you, if you're so inclined, to write a review so that we can push this podcast out to many, many more people to help support and connect so that they're not feeling so alone on their journey. Of course, in the show notes is how to get in contact with me. Again, as always, Women Connect and Support, Living After Grief, Teresa Reiniger on Facebook and Instagram. So reach out to me, schedule a time to talk to me if you if you want. I would love to be able to support you on your journey or just have a conversation and say hello. So till next week, have an awesome week and the rest of Lisa's story next week.